1: Happy Friday, everybody. We have finally made it to Friday. It's almost the weekend. Hope you're doing well. It's another beautiful, perfect day here in Auburn and Opelika. Hope you're doing well. Sunny and 75. You can't ask for anything better than that on a Friday afternoon. Tons to talk about here on the Friday edition of On the Line. My name is Jacob Goeds with you for the next two hours here on ESPN. 106.7 Great high school games to talk about today. We've got great college games coming up tomorrow that we got to talk about. Uh, We have all sorts of things to go over on the show today. It's going to be a very, very, very busy show, um, as it pretty much always is on a Friday afternoon. And so. We're about to get Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports on the phone. We're going to give him a call, uh, talk to him about the biggest betting lines from this coming weekend in college football, um, including Ohio State and Penn State. We'll talk Auburn Ole Miss. We'll talk Alabama-Tennessee. So uh, excited to, to talk with him in the next couple of minutes. We also will have my weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante, uh, talking with him about the game last week versus LSU, and talking about the game coming up tomorrow against Ole Miss. Coming up in the second hour, speaking of Ole Miss, we're going to have an Ole Miss guest on the show today. His name is Stephen Willis. He is the host of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We're going to have him on. As well as Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett, who will be in the studio with us in hour number two, as he is every single Friday. So, busy, busy show today. Excited to get started. Um, just so much to talk about when it comes to football. Uh, like I said, we've got some big high school games going on uh, around the area, and of course, some big college games going on tomorrow as well. And as always, on a Friday afternoon, we'll start the Friday edition of On The Line with a good friend of mine, Lee St- Sterling from paramount sports and paramountsports.com lee great to have you on the show once again man happy friday hope all is well
2: it is um yeah there's a big week I, they don't have a weekend for you, you know they used to have different Names on ESPN. They got to come up with a name for this weekend. It is loaded.
1: Well, what what would you name it? What would you name this weekend if if they if ESPN called Lee Sterling and said we need a name for the weekend? What what would <laughs> I'm you you him? I'm them? not
2: real good. Once in, a, I'll think of it. Usually not when I'm put on the spot. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Monster well, Monster Mash. I don't know. There you go. Who knows? Yeah. Well, Who knows?
1: It, it's a huge weekend in college yep. football, as they always are, and as we get yep. farther and farther into into the season um you've got massive games across the board a couple of good ones in the sec maybe not the best week for the conference but even looking right. outside of it a little bit i mean the game of the week is ohio state and penn state And i know we're going to talk about that yeah. in just a couple of minutes you
2: know we we haven't talked i'm sure you've talked about it on your show now with georgia losing their star tight end yeah Mark Bowers, i could see them losing one or two games it is conceivable the SCC doesn't end up with a team in the final four. It could happen.
1: At all. Yeah, I mean it 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 if if chaos were to happen, it, it, which right. it very well could. Uh right. yeah, I mean what a what a world that would be where the SEC uh didn't get a team in, in the final four. So, um, and teams
2: and conferences like the Pac-12, it's possible, not likely but possible, they could end up with two, the Big 10 and also the Big 12. Um I think it's more likely that the Big Ten and Big 12 end up with two entries. Into the Final Four than the SEC does.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially you know with Texas Oklahoma playing so well. Yep. I mean, if if it falls in the right way, that absolutely could happen. And so yep. as we are right around that halfway point uh, in the season, um, yep. we have a lot of games to talk about. Some big games coming up, and let's go ahead and start. Before we do, um, plug everything you got going on. Plug where people yep. can find you at Paramount Sports and how they can get in touch with you and get involved.
2: So. I added a bunch of different options this week. I know there's people like to do different ways. So we've got, you know, still we've got not October, locktober, two weeks from now through Tuesday, uh, Halloween night, October 31st, $157. Works out to like $10 a day. Let's say you just want college football for Saturday, seven selections, $77. You just want the NFL on Sunday, five for 55. And we also have a UFC card going 9 a.m. Eastern, your time, from Abu Dhabi. One of the best cards we've had in a while. Five selections, $55
1: awesome man well there's so much going on and and so many ways to get involved uh, with you personally and with everybody there at Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com talking with Lee Sterling who joins us every Friday here during on the line to get things started before the weekend let's dive into some of these games I want to leave Ohio State Penn State for later because that's the big one coming up this weekend but some of the games around the SEC Missouri still winning ball games still hanging around in the SEC East they're going to have seven Seven points as a favorite taking on south carolina a team they've got the talent at quarterback and mm-hmm. spencer rattler but they don't have anybody to protect him man and they just can't find a win what's your takedown on this
2: so jake i i think the offensive line's horrible they remind me of the chargers and the nfl yeah i've never seen more guys just get bull rushed i mean you can just run over these these kids and then on defense they have no depth in the front seven. I mean, they get to the middle or late third quarter, and they don't have guys that can rotate in there. Can give them any type uh, their starters any type of blow. It's not like their starters are that good. So right now they're in trouble. I, I love what Missouri's doing. They have found two really good receivers, and now we're seeing Eli Drinkwitz coaching like he coached it at App State, going for a fake punt. Uh On fourth down, (laughs) yeah, playing aggressive. Finally, I'm going to go with Missouri. Normally, don't lay a touchdown or more with them against a decent competition in conference here, but I like them 41-27.
1: Wow! Yeah, I like Missouri. I mean, they're they're playing really well, and I know it's crazy. People don't want to believe it, but Brady Cook's a good quarterback, and Missouri's playing extremely well, and they're still alive in the SEC East, which I think is crazy. Yeah, he just made a couple
2: bad decisions. Mm-hmm. In that LSU game. Other than that. He was great in that game and every other
1: game. Yeah, he has been, yep. and and yep. everything is in front of him for Missouri yep. right now playing South Carolina. Another big game in the SEC. It's the third Saturday in October, Lee. I don't have to tell you what that means. Alabama <laughs> and Tennessee coming up on Saturday, 2.30. It is uh, more than likely the game of the week in the SEC uh, when it's going right. to be all said and done. Alabama, though, favored by nine. I think that's a little yep. questionable in my opinion there, Lee.
2: Yeah, I-, I agree with you. You know, they really have not looked great in any one game. And, in fact, the last game they don't score any points in the last 23 minutes of the game. That's pause for concern. Mm -hmm. Uh, What have we seen from Tennessee? Well, they are not explosive like last year, but they're playing Auburn last week. And they realized they were just in a dogfight. So they decided, you know what, we're just going to try to move slowly down the field. Any points we can get, we're going to take. And we're going to try to cause a turnover or two, and take advantage of it. And they did just that. Stout defense, good running, thought the play calling was good. And then also even their special teams were consistent. So I think they know how to win different ways this year. When People thought probably before the year the only way they can win is winning shootouts. Not the case. Their defense is much improved here. I think Alabama's going to win 27-26. I'm taking the points. wouldn't shock me if Tennessee pulls the upset.
1: Yeah, and, and what about uh, any any chance that this is a massive shootout like it was last year? No, Had almost a no, hundred be... points total last year. What a crazy no, no, game that gonna, was! In Knoxville,
2: fifty-one forty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Was it 51-48 or 52-49?
1: So yeah, yeah, it, it was unbelievable. It. Yeah. And, and <laughs> just so many points with with great talent all over the field. Should be a great game there yep. in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. Looking forward yep. to that. We're talking with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. He joins us every Friday to start the show, looking at the biggest betting lines coming up in college football. You've got an NFL game on here as well, Lee. I want you to talk yep. about that really quickly before we get to Auburn Ole Miss yeah. and then Penn State, Ohio State.
2: Well, this should be this should be an interesting game. It's Atlanta uh, playing at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, uh, I- I'm not in love with Desmond Ritter. He's not probably the final answer, but I don't think he's going to throw three costly interceptions like he did last week. The kids learning on the job, and, and maybe Baker Mayfield may be a better quarterback right now, but Desmond Ritter does some things that Baker Mayfield can't. He has the ability to run, and I think actually has a better supporting cast. They're just starting to put it together here. Tampa Bay uh, was never in the game against Detroit. They got bullied, and they're also 1-10 against the spread here wow. before playing on a Thursday night game here. I think Desmond Ritter's going to bounce back here. Everyone's going to play Tampa. At home, they figure, oh, we'll lay the small spot here. Atlanta outright twenty-four twenty.
1: Yeah, Desmond Ritter's got to figure it out, Denny he, Lee. He's got to figure it out there in Atlanta and an opportunity to do it against Tampa Bay there on Sunday. Uh, Lee, your record last week was 2-3. and three. What does that put you overall as we kind of get back to college and get your last couple of games? What's your overall record now in the college game?
2: So right now, overall, college and pro uh, with our clients were 54-30-2. All right. We actually had a losing record with our clients. We were 6-8 and eight last week overall from Thursday all the way through Monday night. So get this. We lose on Thursday night. We had West Virginia, Hail Mary go against us. And then our last game of the weekend was New England. We're getting three points. They get tackled in the end zone less than a minute to go with a safety. Go from down two to down four. We lose that ball game. So could easily have been an eight and six week, but it wasn't. That's why they call it gambling. That's why the gambling gods take it and, and also take it away. It seems like a lot more than you get some of these close games. But, uh, Every other week's been eight and four better. We've won six or seven weeks. So, check out all the specials. ParamountSports.com.
1: Well, there's the there's a reason they call them bad beats, right? And that is one of those right, in that right. game. Yeah, in the when, patriots game you watch
2: game. on Monday night? And you got two or three of those bad beats, Yes, uh, yes. you know, it's, it's not it's not your weekend.
1: Right. And look, you can't, yep. that's just sports, right? That's just how yep. sports go sometimes. A couple of more games here yep. uh, before we let you get out of here. The one that all of our listeners are really intrigued for you to talk about, Auburn and Ole Miss here on the Plains in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Ole Miss, a favorite coming to town under the lights and weird things happen here when the lights right. go on and the sun goes down. Ole Miss favored by six points against Auburn tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I just can't trust Ole Miss here. Um, <laughs> you, you, when you think that they have an offense going, the offense uh, doesn't produce. Then you think the defense after Alabama, they're going to be their strong suit. They can't get it done here. I just think they're too inconsistent. They're like their head coach. I mean, <laughs> he. I, I don't know if he's ever going to win anything big. He will win some games, and then after that big win, he, you'll have the rug pulled from under you. I like the fact that Auburn – played really well against top competition at home. We've seen that in the Georgia game. I think they're going to play with that level of intensity and that's that's defense. Defense is about intensity. They're still missing some players. We know that they're not at the right level to get to the, you know, to 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 be able to compete for championships. But it's coming. It's a process here. I like you Freeze as a coach. He might come up with maybe a trick play or two, a uh, new gadget play or Uh, A couple series of plays that that, uh, Ole Miss hasn't seen, and I think special teams might also be important also. I think Auburn pulls the upset here. 28-24 of Ole Miss.
1: Hey, you look, you were already a fan favorite in this town and on this program, but I think you just gained a few more fans when you're picking Auburn to beat Ole Miss. Not only to uh, to cover that six points, but to win outright at home tomorrow night under the lights. So uh, it's gonna be a really good game, and we're looking forward to it. Of course, we've been talking about it all week long. But the biggest game of the weekend in college football, yep. there is no denying it. You can't you can't look anywhere else. Eleven AM, yep. college game day. Is there. Everybody will be watching it on Fox. It's number seven, Penn State, on the road in Columbus, taking on number three, Ohio State. And this game could go either way. You've got Ohio State catching four. Who do you got?
2: Yeah, you know, I normally play Ohio State. Ohio State is so strong at the horseshoe, but watching that offensive line, and they're not holding their blocks, they're not making blocks at the second level. Usually you see some big gainers against even decent competition, but not the case this year. Against Notre Dame, they couldn't do much at all. Now, they were bailed out that last drive by Kyle McCord, but before that, just 56% completion percentage in that game for just 6.5 yards per attempt. This Penn State defense, number one or two in almost every major statistical category here, unless Kyle McCord has one of these special games here, I think Ohio State's in trouble. Penn State, I know, has lost six straight they also have lost 9 of 10 in the rivalry. Wrong team favored. Penn State outright, 31-24.
1: Okay, all right. I was hoping you were going to do it. Can Penn State finally yep. beat somebody that's good and relevant in the Big Ten and do it consistently? That's been the biggest yep. thing for Penn State, and they've got an opportunity to do it tomorrow there in Columbus. Lee, you have a free play. Tell people about that and where they can find it, where they can find you and everything you got at Paramount Sports. Yep.
2: Free play, it does, it's not a high-profile game. It's under the radar. You, the yeah, Mississippi, you Arkansas-Mississippi State, but there's a clear right side to this game. You want to get it for free. Be one of the first five callers, 800-400-9741. First five callers, get Arkansas-Mississippi State on me, 800-400-9741. And like I said, we've got everything. for You want to get involved for college football, NFL, UFC, Seven selections, $77 in college football tomorrow. It's an instant download, so you're ready to go. You don't have to call me back on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, NFL, 5 for 55. UFC starts 9 in the morning tomorrow. Hop on board. No one hotter in the country.
1: ParamountSports.com awesome man we appreciate yep. you and your time each and every week you do a great job uh, again everybody has loved having you on the show so far and hopefully you're seeing the uh, the response as well and <laughs> hopefully some of our people yep. are jumping on with you so Lee appreciate you man and uh good luck this weekend and all your picks we'll talk to you next Friday Sounds good, Jacob. Take care. That's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Go check him out and give him a call. He's got great picks for college football, NFL football, USC or UFC going on this weekend as well. And jump on that free play, Arkansas and Mississippi State. It's free. You can't beat it. So jump on with Lee Sterling at ParamountSports.com. When we come back, we'll start talking a little bit. More Auburn Ole Miss start looking around the country in college football. Later on, my interview with the Eugene Asante, the Auburn linebacker. Then, coming up in hour number two, we're going to have uh, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast host Stephen Willis will join us to start the second hour, as well as Uncle T Bone Wade Bennett, who will be in the studio for the second hour as well. Give me a call. How do you feel about the game tomorrow between Auburn and Ole Miss? 334 321 1390. The Friday edition of On the Line continues after this.
0: ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067
1: app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. And Andy, you're first up, man. You're on the line. What's up? I've
3: been waiting for you to, I've been waiting for 2 o'clock to roll around so we can
1: call. Well, man, I am here for you, man. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, again,
3: I just see a lot. I see a lot of uh, optimism for Auburn, which I love, you know, I, I, I bleed orange and blue, but yeah. um, I'm a realist. Um, I, I was scared against LSU. I, I wasn't scared about Georgia. If you remember, I called up and, and other than, you know, 19, 19, and 84 on Georgia was the only thing I was scared of. And 84 mm-hmm. is not really doing anything this year. And, um, you know, I, I just, I thought we matched up with Georgia. Good. They Georgia has not played anyone this year when they, did play the mediocre teams they didn't blow them out i mean they were spreads of like 42 and they're beating them by like 11
1: yeah um
3: they just did not look good
1: yeah a and, lot of close um, games for georgia this year
3: right and in the easiest schedule
1: um and we all know what
3: 19 did do us in, in one quarter mm-hmm. so but i was happy with auburn then you know people were a little excited about lsu they're you know they're like eh, it's gonna be hard but auburn has a chance no no we didn't um you know, maybe if Auburn had the best game ever and LSU had a bad game, but I mean, we're, we're starting to be able to look at a trend. Um, and again, I always say there's that game. And I always refer to Cam Newton up in Kentucky where the fans are like, y'all are going to blow us out and Yo, you know, we're yeah, yeah, get yeah. drink beer. And you know, um, there's always games like that where it's like we suck and then they end up winning. So there's always the chance of that. That's why you never put your house on a football game. But, um, Man, just when there's a team that can score, which Ole Miss can, the likelihood of us beating them are are not good. I don't know where. When I get off, maybe you can um, help explain why all these people are calling in on all the other radio stations. Like Auburn's you know, not only got a chance, Auburn's going to win this one. Auburn's going to pull this off. I I just don't see how it's going to happen with our quarterback battle. Um, I see, you know, they're going to go a little bit braver with Ashford, but he's going to throw an easy, you know, eight yard out and he's going to get picked off. Um, he's going to throw it right to the defense. I love Ashford. He's got hard. He did some amazing things last year,
2: mm-hmm. but he still can't throw an out
3: pass. Um, he threw that bomb, which is an easy pass for a scrambler quarterback to do. Cause you know, they're getting ready. The cornerbacks are getting ready to
4: run up on him,
3: And all of a sudden they had to go back. So I just don't see if Ole Miss starts scoring, how we can even keep up with that. And if that's the case, those teams usually don't win. I hate to say it, but, um, Maybe you can make me feel better, but
1: uh,
3: I'll sit back and listen to other callers that can reassure me, but you got my attention for the next hour and a half.
1: <laughs> yes, sir, Andy. Great to hear from you and appreciate the call. Always great to hear from you on a Friday afternoon. 334-321-1390. want to get to Ed, who's been holding on as well. Ed, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, uh,
5: how are you doing, Jacob?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you, Ed?
5: I'm doing okay. Hey, I'm like the last caller. I'm up. You know, I'm, well, let me just say it like this. I, we know, like I told you yesterday, we've got a lot of recruits in there. You have to, you have to give them a team that looks exciting to play for.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: You know? And we've all know that a head coach, it it, it leaks down. If he's nervous and, and he's unsure, it leaks down into everybody. It's and and he freeze needs to just loosen up. To, to in my opinion, just loosen up, play football, go out there, have fun, give the recruits something fun to look at. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But don't keep doing the same stupid stuff. Right. I mean, don't keep doing that because nobody he what he covets, what he what what we need. Are the recruits. And and you can't get that when you're playing, you know, scared football. Mm-hmm. They don't want them to play for that. Yeah. You know, air it out. Put Garner in there. Put Camden Brown in there. Put, you know, uh, uh, Jeremiah Cobb. I'd love to see him. And, and maybe even put Connor Lou at, at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, we've had, what, I don't know how many missed snaps you know snaps yeah avery yeah
1: the, the the center position with avery jones has not has not been has not been clean the last couple of weeks
5: yeah yeah and i i'm mean, i'm not saying nothing bad about the young man right but I'm right just saying, you know kind of kind of build for the future and just just take a i don't know take a xanax or something <laughs> or just, you know and just
1: Relax for yeah. a minute. Yeah, no, I get it, I get it, Ed. I- I'm 100% with mm-hmm. you. And-, and we talked about this the other day, you know. I mean, you're, you're six yeah. games in, and-, and against Power 5 competition, it's pretty much looked the same each and every game, and, and you've won one of those against Cal, right? And so you, you got to change it up a little bit. you got to make something happen to where you give yourself a chance to win the football game. And-, and I'm with you, too. Have a little fun. And you have an opportunity tomorrow night to do that under the lights against a top 15 team in the country in Ole Miss. Now, whether people think they're top 15 or not, that's whatever, right? They are top 15 in the rankings. Under the lights at Jordan-Hare Stadium, packed crowd, tons of recruits. You have a chance to go out there and play loose and play fun because this is not a game you're supposed to win. But guess what? We've talked about this. You have to win a game that you're not supposed to, and this is a great opportunity to do that.
5: Yeah, and just get, like I said, Win or lose, get, get those recruits something. Get them a team. Right. Exciting to play for, not not what we saw at LSU. Yeah. Just, just loosen up. Yep, Have fun. Play football. I'm right. with you.
1: Appreciate the call, Ed. Great to hear from you on a Friday. 334-321-1390. I'm with you. Again, tomorrow is an opportunity to do just that, Ed. Tomorrow is an opportunity Play fun, have a good time, change it up a little bit. You got to make some changes because what you've been doing is not working. Obviously, go and have a chance to upset a team at your house under the lights with recruits, with the show, with everything going on. One of the best atmospheres in college football. Make it happen and see what. And just go out there and play and see what happens. But to go back to Andy's call, Auburn cannot afford to get into a shootout with Ole Miss. Because Auburn doesn't have the offense to get in a shootout with anybody. And if Auburn allows Ole Miss to come in and drop 40 on them, it's over. The defense has to play well. But guess what? The offense has to back the defense up and support the defense or else they're going to give up and quit playing, and I would too. Should be a really good game tomorrow. We've got more time to talk about it. But when we come back like we do Each and every Friday, my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. We talk about all of those things, including the game coming up tomorrow against Ole Miss. You don't want to miss it. That's coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line.
0: Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7 Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Well, earlier this week, I sat down to talk to Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante for our weekly interview in Tiger Takes. It originally debuts on the drive at 5.30 on Wednesdays, but I always like to play it for you on Fridays at 2.30, get you an inside track on Auburn football, especially on the defensive side of the ball, coming up against Ole Miss tomorrow. Talk about the, the mindset, the energy, right now on this football team and kind of where they stand right now on this three-game skid looking to get back in the win column tomorrow against Ole Miss. So this was earlier this week myself talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, sitting down with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante for our weekly segment for Tiger Takes here on ESPN 106.7. Eugene, great to hear from you once again, man. Um, I know it's been a it's been a tough stretch uh, as you get into SEC play. Auburn still looking for uh, that first win in conference play and before we talk about the LSU game in particular and then start previewing Ole Miss this weekend, what is it about SEC football and SEC play that is just so different from really anything else in college football?
6: Yeah, I think SEC play is uh, something that, um, you know, you can't take for granted. Uh, every week a team is going to show up with their best. You know, they're going to try to put their best foot forward and, you know, you know, just persevere and try to get the W. So, we understand the, uh, how competitive the SEC is. We understand uh, um, how much rich history is in the SEC. So every week we have to be on our A game, you know. So it's, it's important for us to just put our best foot forward and uh, play the way that we uh, know we can play. So uh, the teams are the teams are competitive. The teams all in the conference are, are winning teams. They're all teams that are um, put their best foot forward and, and be elite teams throughout college football. So we understand we got to strap up and play our best football every every Saturday conference
1: blow. Well, y'all made another trip on the road uh, in conference play down to Baton Rouge, one of the toughest places to play in college football, another night game. And and I'm sure you're aware that Auburn seems to always play night games down in Baton Rouge, and that's another one that you guys had to play this past Saturday. And um, a competitive game there for a while, and then it really just kind of got away from, from the team. And we knew just how good that LSU offense was, and I know you guys were, were game planning and, and watching film and doing everything you could to stop Jaden Daniels, who is playing – really at a Heisman level right now and that offense. Hugh Freeze, your head coach mentioned, is one of the best he's seen. Uh, just your, your breakdown and takeaways from that game against LSU.
6: Yeah, I think LSU has a re- uh, really good team over there. Like We talked about Jaden Daniels, a special player. Um, he's one of those... He's going to be, uh, wherever the Heisman ceremony is uh, this year, he's going to be their president for that. Uh, so, we we'll understand what type of player and caliber player he was and how good that offense was and you know, they did a really good job uh, coming out there, had a really good scheme. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is taking it as a, with a learning experience and understanding that there's, there's things to improve upon. There's, th- there's the foundation that we got to build. And we got to go harder in practice 100%. So it's on the leaders. It's on um, the guys that, you know, are the standard bearers every day in order for us to go out there and set a standard in practice um, and understand that, you know, the harder we go in practice, you know, the easier the game is. You know, so not to put us in uncomfortable situations when the game arises. You know, just we do it in practice every day. Uh, we practice with a certain type of intensity and a certain type of level, and we understand that we go out there and we play the best football we can because we've seen it before, and we've done it before. So it's, this game is not a coincidence. It's not a, you know, it's really the work you put in is the work you receive. So um, I just want to articulate that to the team and uh, understand that if we thought we were doing enough, we got to do more.
1: Well, there's no doubt that you are putting in the work yourself individually. I mean, you led the team in tackles once again with 12 total tackles, four solo, you had a sack, and you also had a tackle for loss. I mean, you're you're just all over the place on the defensive side of the football, and it's almost a a see-ball, get-ball type of thing for you on that defensive side, man. It really, really is fun to watch. sir.
6: You know, I just – you know, the biggest thing is I I, – wasn't wasn't able to play out there last year, so I really want to go out there and every Saturday and put my best foot forward and play with the, the standard of uh, effort and the intensity that's required to play this game. You know, I want to play with that attention to detail. I just want to play the way the game is supposed to be played. So, you know, I'm I'm grateful to be out there and and, and playing the game I love and doing it the way I know how to do it. You know, we just got to get those translated to wins, and ultimately that'll just that, that'll bring the team to where we need to be.
1: In a game like LSU on this past Saturday, where the the final score isn't what you want it to be, and it you know it ended up being a, a lopsided victory, how was the response of a team, this team in particular, of course, uh, with you and the defense and the offense and everybody together? What's been the the response, and how do you kind of rebound from this? Uh, because you know this better than anybody. I mean, you don't take any weeks off in the SEC with Ole Miss coming up
6: yeah uh, i think we i think we rebounded really well from it um i think is certainly something that we had to endure uh for us to improve upon what uh what we were building so um, uh, I think right after the game the guys were kind of in shock they were a little uh just you know didn't understand what had happened on the field or what transpired, but I think we had to just rally around other guys and rally around leaders on amongst the team and just understand that we had to put our, we have to continue to put our best foot forward and we have to go harder. If we thought we were going, doing enough. We weren't doing enough. So I think last, uh, yesterday we practiced on Tuesday, and I think our practice on Tuesday has been the best practice we had all year. Wow. And, and that's and that's something I wanted to articulate and let the guys know that we're we're building upon Tuesday. You know, we don't have to get it all right uh, on Tuesday, but we, we're going to build upon it and just play with an a effort and uh, attention to detail that is required to play this game. So um, Tuesday practice was phenomenal. I, I want to build upon it today. So. Um, today should be a great day for us.
1: And it it seems like you know having good practices. It's it seems like it can be different. Not for this team. I'm just saying in general in football or sports really. It, it seems like having good days in practice leading up to a big game and then trying to carry it over. Uh, people think that's just so easy, right? Well, if you have a good day in practice, then we'll just do it again in the game. But those are two completely different things.
6: Yeah, it's. it's- it's really two completely different things and a lot of a lot of different factors that go into a game you know we have crowd noise we have the environment we have you know jordan harris electric in his own. so it's just certain different factors you know uh fans are there your family's there so it's a lot of things that go on into the game that you don't have in that practice setting but one thing i want the guys to understand is just trying to put their mind in the frame that we're in the game just put their mind in the in Jordan Hare Stadium, put, a, put it in that we're, we're going into a game. So when the game arises, we don't tense up, we don't freeze up. We just play the way we played it in practice, and that's fast and physical. So um, that's one thing we've been trying to do. Um, that's, that's one thing we've been. Everybody on the team has been talking about, you know, just going 110 miles per hour. Whether it's a special teams drill, whether it's a defensive drill, whether it's an offensive drill, we're trying to do that. We're trying to simulate that game-like said.
1: Well practice like you play, right?
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: Well, it, I mean, for you, it comes from experience, I think, and I think your leadership comes from that. I think your your game readiness and game preparedness comes from experience, and uh, a lot of these guys are are getting used to college football, SEC football, something you know, you've had to do in your time as well. And so uh, it, it sounds like to me that there's a lot of teaching going on, but that's going to be really good for this team down the road and for these guys individually down the road as well, for everybody to kind of rely on each other and just and all and get better in a season that no it may not be you're not undefeated and doing anything like that but there's a lot of growth going on it sounds like
6: yeah 100 um and that's that's kind of one of the big purposes of having a new staff come in you know just developing for the future developing guys and preparing them we understand that um and recruiting you know the coaches having this having half a class you know just behind the eight ball but in terms of that we're just building for the future. We want young guys and the guys um, that are coming up, the future, the freshmen now, to just understand what is required. You know, just leave that uh, that impact with them. So when they're older, when they're upper class, when they're able to implement it and they're able to grow upon it, and, and and you know, ultimately build upon what the foundation we've set, and it continues to grow. Foundation continues to grow each and every uh, class that's here. So that's one thing I want to do. That's one thing one impact I want to leave, and just. Continue to put our, continue to inspire the young guys to put their best foot forward.
1: Jacob Goh with you on ESPN 106.7 talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante for our weekly segment in Tiger Takes. Looking ahead to this weekend as we put the LSU game behind us, Eugene. Looking ahead, you guys are back home this weekend in Auburn in Jordan-Hare Stadium. We've already talked about how uh, the atmosphere there is undefeated, and hey, you guys are playing under the lights this weekend against Ole Miss. I know you guys are looking forward to that.
6: Yeah, it's, it's- once again, another big challenge for us uh, going in against Ole Miss or Ole Miss offense that has, you know, goes extremely fast. And coach Lane Kiffin does a really good job of of preparing those guys. And, and, you know, um, puts a lot of good things on film. They have a great quarterback in Jackson Dart. And, um, you know, ultimately we want to put our best foot forward. They also have an extremely good running back in Jenkins, uh, you know, who I personally enjoy uh, going against and, you know, going up against him and, you know, uh, putting my best foot forward. So, Man, we're excited for the Ole Miss game. Uh, we want to go out there and prove what we can uh, we can do. Uh, a night game as well, you know. All the, you know, Jordan Hare will be electric on, on Saturday night. So, we're just excited to be out there again, be home, and just put our best foot forward.
1: How is it for you, because Hugh Freeze talked about this on Monday uh, in his weekly press conference, this is the third straight week with Georgia, LSU, or third straight game, I should say, with Georgia, LSU, and now Ole Miss that you're going, your defense is going against the top offenses in the SEC. Uh, how, do you, how do you stay fresh? How do you stay ready and prepare for that, knowing that it, it's a gauntlet, not just in the SEC, but going up against some of the best offenses the conference has to offer?
6: Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is just honing in every week on the tendencies and the things that are presented on film. And uh, you know, when they show us a certain thing with information or they show us a certain thing with their tendencies, uh, just honing in on it and using what the coaches teach us, um, continuing to hammer in and know it like the back of your hand, you know, and, and then, you know, just building upon it every 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 day in practice, you know, so if we see something that uh arises in certain formations you can trigger faster and play faster. And then when once you get to that point where you understand and know all the tendencies and all the shifts and all the motions and all the things that will change your defense and the, within the defense, it just comes down to your want to and uh, desire to, to make a play your want to and desire to, to be disruptive, uh, make a play, and just alter the game. You know, so that want to, that hunger is something that we want to instill in all our guys on the defense. Yeah we just building the money, and we want, to, that, wants to the, we want that to be the standard uh, for this game on Saturday.
1: And, and discipline on the field, right? Like on-field discipline, especially on the defensive side, playing offenses like these three teams, the two teams you've just played and the one you're going to play on Saturday, that they can beat you in so many different ways. I mean, on-field discipline and, and knowing your game plan and knowing your assignment, I know that's a huge factor in a game like this
6: yeah yeah they, they you gotta be extremely disciplined to play a game like this. Um, they do so many good things, good things offensively that you have to really be honed in. You have to be locked in at all times during the game. You can't have a mental slip up, um especially with the speed of the game. you know they're gonna, they're trying to run a hundred plays and they're trying to uh make it a shootout, you know every every single game. So the biggest thing for us is knowing what we're doing, um understanding it to, to the uh, to the utmost degree. And then on top of that, just playing fast and physical football. So, um, whether it's in the trenches, whether it's in the back end, uh, we have to command that. We have to demand that out of our uh, out of our team, and just and ultimately that we want those to get us to where we need to be, which is with the W. So, excited um, excited to play in Jordan here on Saturday, man. I'm I'm ready to bounce back from last week.
1: When you look at the schedule right now, starting with this old Miss game, uh, the schedule. I'm not saying it gets easy by any means because you're still playing in the SEC, but you're not playing the number one team in the country, Georgia. You're not playing the one of the top offenses in the country, LSU, and another top offense in Ole Miss. After this week, this and I know you're probably not looking ahead too much, but there are some opportunities for Auburn and you to kind of get back on track and get this season going in the right direction. How can you do that this weekend under the lights at home using all the fans who are going to be there, be loud and proud, and try to take down who is a top-15 Ole Miss
6: team? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just, like we said, understanding our brand of football, understanding what Auburn means to so many people, the fans, understanding what Auburn means to, to our alumni, to our coaches that have played, um, understand the foundation that has been set. We understand what type of university this is. Um, we understand what type of people support us. We understand the, like just immensely how much people care about this game. So I take pride in that. You know, I want to go out there and put my best foot forward because I understand that there's little kids at home that, you know, support Auburn with all their heart. So I want to go out there and put my best foot forward every single play. And I want guys to understand that, whether you're doing it for your family or whether you're doing it for the name of the – you're doing it for the uh, university, I want you to put your best foot forward because there's people that depend on us truly. So we're just going to continue to articulate that. We're going to continue to believe that and uh, breathe life into our guys. And then on Saturday we uh put the best foot forward and try to get there try to get a W.
1: Man, that's spoken like a true Auburn man. I can go ahead and tell you that it just is. You can tell your passion and your love for for football, for Auburn, uh, for the Auburn family, and it, it shows, man. I'm telling you, people people love hearing you on this station. People love watching you play football, and it's been a really uh, an honor to to talk with you each and every week and watch you play this wonderful game. Before we get out of here, I gotta ask, man. As we're right around this halfway point in the season, what's your highlight? Your personal highlight from the first half uh, of the season? It can be something with the team it could be something on off the field uh in the game out of the game whatever it may be what's your personal highlight from the first half of the season
6: Uh, that's a good question I like that question a lot uh my personal highlight from the start of this for the first half of the season I would probably say um i would just probably say how <laughs> defensively we played and the second game of the season, you know, uh, against Cal, mm-hmm. I, I, thought, I thought we played, uh, we were put in a lot of situations where our back was against the wall and we had to continue to fight and fight. Um, I think that's the highlight of our, my season personally, just the guys. And I'm not even speaking about myself individually, but I'm speaking about how we were able to rally in situations where there were turnovers, where there's a lot of adverse situations. And so I just want the guys to understand that we're, we're capable of doing it and we want to do it every single uh, Saturday. So I think that's probably the highlight of my, of my career. And just seeing another thing is just seeing how many Auburn fans traveled to California. It was such a you know broad smile to my face just seeing all those fans supporting us. It was like kind of like an Auburn takeover in California. So it was a big thing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That really is awesome, and I know that was a special experience for you guys, and you guys played really, really well in that game, and and that's a great answer, man. I I wanted to ask you that again. We're right around that halfway point, and so I was curious on what you had to say. Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante joins us every week here on ESPN 106.7 for Tiger Takes. So that was my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Sits down with me every single week. Uh, We talk about the previous game. Obviously got to talk uh, the LSU game. And then now talking about the Ole Miss game coming up tomorrow. Always appreciate him and his time. He gives great answers. Love talking with Eugene uh, and getting the inside track on the Auburn football team. So we appreciate him and his time. That airs originally on The Drive on Wednesdays at 5.30 for Tiger Takes. We'll be right back and wrap up our number one here on the Friday edition of On The Line.
0: On the Line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502.
1: Wrapping up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Let's get to the phone lines really quickly. 334-321-1390. Bill, you're on the line. you got a couple of minutes, man. What's up? War Eagle. Oh, yes, sir. War Eagle. What's on your mind? I, I just,
5: uh,
4: I'm just spitballing here. Okay. But it seems to me that playing the likes of, of, of Samford and, and and New Mexico State is a lot better for Auburn than playing these tough SEC teams. Can we not move out of the SEC for like maybe four years and then come back in? Could we do
1: that <laughs> to kind of get the program back where it needs to be? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Auburn. I'm, I mean, I'm sure Auburn would be okay with that at times. I mean, not having to play this gauntlet of an SEC schedule every single year.
4: I that that's the truth. Hey, look, I heard a rumor. Okay. And The rumor is them old Miss fans, they're bringing some <coughs> red and blue toilet paper with them, and they're going to roll like trees if they win.
1: Well, I have not heard that, but um, you got to win the game first, and if they do that, I don't think it'll be on the trees very long. Surely they're classier than that, Bill, but I don't know.
4: They ain't classier than that, and they're going <laughs> to
1: beat us. So <laughs> You know? Are you,
4: are. you
1: confident that Ole Miss wins on Saturday?
4: I'm very confident they're
1: gonna win. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of people in that boat, Bill. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people there, and and I to not to be disrespectful, but I hope you're wrong.
4: Well, how how do we keep up with them offensively? I think they it, don't run up and down that field scoring in touchdowns. Are we?
1: No, I don't think Auburn will, but I think it comes down to the defense playing like they have been and the offense has to give them some support. That's what I've been preaching all week long. Right, The offense doesn't have to score 40, but I do think you got to get close to scoring 30 to give the defense something to play for. Because if you don't, if you score less than 20 points again, at some point the defense is going to give out. So, I mean, you can't—the defense just can't play hard and and hold on each and every game if the offense doesn't give them something to play for. So it's not about Auburn's offense scoring 40 or 50 points. It's about them scoring enough to have the defense hold on for four quarters.
4: If they I got a better quarterback than
1: us, what's that?
4: Do they have a better quarterback
1: than us? Uh, yes, they do.
4: Running backs equal, maybe?
1: Yeah, I think Auburn's probably a deeper running back room. I mean, Judkins is a, a really, really good running back at Ole Miss, but I think Auburn's deeper um, with Jarquez Hunter and, and Jeremiah Cobb and, and Brian Battee.
4: They run a lot of tempo.
1: Yes, they do. They're going to want to move. They, they want to run as fast as possible, and if they can score in 30 seconds, they're going to do it, Bill.
4: They're going to tie defense out. And then poor old Peyton Thorne can't get up and down the field, so it's gonna be a long night.
1: Well, we'll see how it goes, Bill. Great to hear from you, man. We gotta get out of here for the break. Hi. Yes, sir. Appreciate you calling in, Bill. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Been a great first hour. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two is coming up. Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett joins us in the studio. Plus, we're having an Ole Miss guest to start hour number two. Stephen Willis, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast host, will join us to give his insight on the Ole Miss Rebels as they come to town to take on Auburn tomorrow. Excited for that. We'll give our picks coming up in hour number two. around the SEC in college football and of course talk Auburn and Ole Miss how can Auburn win this game tomorrow we got to turn the vibes around a little bit on a Friday afternoon I got a lot of negativity coming in we got to turn that around here on a gorgeous Friday afternoon in Auburn Opelika don't go anywhere hour number two coming up
0: production you are on the line live on ESPN 1067 Auburn Opelika's sports leader
1: Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. If you missed any of hour number one, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast commercial free right after the show today, wherever you get your podcast. We talked to Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com about the biggest betting lines and, and... hour number one coming up on the games this weekend had an NFL game in there also a free play so be sure you go and check him out at ParamountSports.com also had some great phone calls in hour number one Uh, had my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante talking about this Auburn Ole Miss game so a jam-packed hour number one so be sure you listen to the podcast later today and catch up with that if you missed any of it here in hour number two we're about to get to the phone lines for another guest on the show today Uh, we'll get to Stephen Willis of Locked on Ole Miss in just a second. But of course, hour number two on a Friday—it's on the line Fridays with Uncle T Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn. All brought to you by our friends at Sensa Green Heating and Air. Uncle T Bone, great to see you once again, brother. Thank you so much uh, uh, for last week filling in for me uh, when I was uh, borderline voiceless. Uh, you did a fantastic job. You you handled it like a champ. I ran everything for you, but you did, you did the show, man. It was it was your stage, and you you performed well and did a great job. So great to see. you. And, and I can't express how much that meant to me, man. Yeah, I was uh, very happy to uh, step in. Uh, big shoes to fill. Believe it or not,
7: CBS Sports has called me and they heard it and they're like, they're, we're locking down Uncle T <laughs> next year for college football season. No, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I love this format. This is a great show and I was very happy to help anytime that I can. I will most definitely try. And uh, thanks for uh, trusting me to do it. Thank you also to Sensor Green Heating and Air. That's right, where air is cool and clean. You call Sensor Green. Give them a shout over there in Opelika, 334-704-3274. I mean, they're covering the entire I-85 corridor in this listenership. And and folks, if you're listening, it's maintenance season. Uh, Make sure you tell them that Uncle T-Bone sent me and get
1: your HVAC unit checked out twice a year that's right well since green uh, they are the ones that bring you this second hour each and every Friday so if you need anything with your AC units give them a call nowhere else to go since green heating and air we thank them uh, for bringing us this hour each and every Friday inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio a perfect weekend to go check them out as well just off of Opalika Road uh, over there in all the nice white yep. buildings 800 Main Street in Midtown so go check them out this weekend as well happy hour coming up today from 4 to 6 TV's everywhere, plaza patio, drink specials, TVs, food, you name it, they got it. So go check out the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge yeah, as they, well.
7: They even got their uh famous uh bold peanuts back and yeah, I, I get down yeah. there, get you a cold snack, get you some warm boiled peanuts, get out on the uh plaza patio and enjoy the beautiful fall day.
1: Yep, well, great people that are a part of this show and a guest that I'm excited to have on the show here on a Friday afternoon. His name is Steven Willis and he is the host of the Locked On Old this podcast. Stephen, great to have you on the show, man. We appreciate your time on a Friday afternoon and hope all is well over in Oxford.
8: You know that's a much nicer introduction than I was expecting from a radio show in Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> well, thank you, if you
1: very know, much for that. Of course. Well, hey, I don't I don't drag anybody on this show unless they give me a reason to. So maybe in the next ten minutes or so, we have something else to say. No, I'm kidding, man. We we appreciate you and your time. I know it's Friday before the game. I know it's busy. Uh, I gotta ask: Are you making the trip over to Auburn tomorrow for the football game?
8: No, I'm probably going to catch it on the big screen. Um, I actually am living in Central Florida at the moment, so it's a little bit of a haul to get up that high.
5: Okay, okay.
1: Okay.
8: but I'm, I'm, I, right now, the Ole Miss bowl prospects is like trending towards Citrus, Reliaquest, Orange, that triangle, and I, obviously I'm happy by that.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, it, it's going to be a big day here in Auburn tomorrow, night game under the lights in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's Auburn and Ole Miss, and you know just as well as I do and all of my listeners know, and your listeners know as well, this game is always crazy when these two teams get together. We've seen massive blowouts on both sides. We've seen tons of points scored on both sides, and we've just seen weird things happen, and I would expect nothing less tomorrow, again, under the lights in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Before we talk about the game itself, for our listeners that maybe, for whatever reason, haven't been keeping up with Ole Miss as much as they should, give us a quick rundown of what's happened so far this season for the Rebels.
8: Um, Ole Miss this season, um, other than a second-half collapse against Alabama, I mean, they potentially could be 6-0. I mean, they're 5-1 right now. They have, right behind LSU, probably the most explosive offense in the Southeastern Conference, and the defense is coming along each and every week. They only gave up like 30 yards rushing against the Arkansas Razorbacks. So this Ole Miss team is probably not the Ole Miss team that Auburn fans are used to seeing coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium. This is potentially the most talented football team that has existed in my lifetime, and I'm an older Ole Miss fan. Um, we're not talking like 19 years old here. Uh, so I, I want everybody to like have, have a little bit of perspective that this isn't your normal Ole Miss team coming into um, Auburn.
1: Well, they are a top fifteen program, ranked number thirteen in the country. Five and one overall this season, two and one in SEC play. Um, we've seen a couple of their results. I mean, they've come down to to the wire. They've played Tulane, which was a great game. Of course, the Alabama game where the offense sort of sputtered out, but they've responded nicely. A huge win over LSU, and then the touchdown victory against Arkansas last week. What have you seen from this Ole Miss team in SEC play uh, that gives you hope down the stretch as we get through? The- the second half of the season?
8: Resilience. Um, This is an Ole Miss team that has been a one-score game either up or down in the fourth quarter like four times this year. and I think Ole Miss has won all four of those games, including being down by nine to LSU in the fourth quarter. With like five minutes to go in the game, Ole Miss ended up winning that contest. That resilience is a difference from what the team looked like last year. The improvement of Jackson Dart is helping this Ole Miss team. I think there's a confidence level that we're just going to be able to make the play that we want to have made um, that happened against Tulane. Um, And we'll talk about it in just a little bit, but probably the best game plan against Ole Miss was Georgia Tech, and we'll we'll come back to that in a little bit. But the resilience of this football team and being able to make plays in tight games and win those games, not just win the games, but usually cover the games for people that are – talking to their bookie of choice. Uh, but, you know, I look at what Auburn needs to do. Thinking, and I've been going over keys all week. Mm-hmm. All week. It's like, how can Auburn make this game squirrely for Ole right. Because if Ole Miss plays their best and Auburn plays their best, Ole Miss wins the game by two touchdowns.
7: Hey, Steven, there's uh, been a lot – uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, go ahead.
7: There's been a lot of talk across the state uh, when Pete Golding left Alabama, you know, our friends over in Tuscaloosa, and headed over to Ole Miss. I think he caught a little bit of a bad rap from Alabama fans. Looking over over the SEC uh, uh, total defensive stats – uh, at secsports.com. Ole Miss has the number four defense in the league, according to them. You know, and reputation-wise so far this year, Auburn felt like it's had a, a defense that's been pretty uh, pretty solid as well until last weekend. But uh, that's way better than uh, how they have the Tigers ranked there. How, did, how, has, he, uh, how has he improved uh, the defense since last year?
8: The main thing you notice on this defense is Ole Miss is in the, I think the sixth in the country right now in sacks. Um, and they are 10th or 11th or 12th or somewhere around there in tackles for loss. They're really good in the red zone. They'll give up yards between the 20s from time to time. But in those areas, they're really good in the red zone, and they will force you at some point to give up a sack. You'll have a long yardage third down, and eventually they were able to get off the field. Pete Golding's defense has been honestly a godsend for Ole Miss football. Ole Miss is,
0: we went through the LSU
8: gauntlet that Auburn did last week, like, two weeks ago. We know. We gave up 630 yards to that that team. But Ole Miss is, like, still fourth in the SEC in defense after that. So that kind of tells you how good they've been at other points in the season.
7: Yeah, Jaden Daniels is a uh... – Easily now a dark horse Heisman candidate. Very impressed with him. Saw him last year at Auburn, and since then he has greatly improved. You say uh, a long-time Ole Miss fan. Um, 2021, Lane Kiffin came into Jordan-Hare Stadium on a Saturday night, late in October, and I was at that game, and he looked a little shell-shocked coming onto the field. Uh, will he uh, – how's he – you know, I've said, read some uh, comments about – him knowing what it's like to go to Jordan Hare is there any kind of uh, any kind of talk or chatter that the Rebels are uh, maybe a little uncomfortable heading into Jordan Hare like other teams have in October?
4: No, uh, it
8: won't be like it was in twenty one because they've done it before, and like Jackson Dart has has led an undefeated team into Tiger Stadium. He's played at Alabama. I I, I don't know if there's that much of a difference to where one to the other is going to matters. So I think it's going to be important to Ole Miss to not let that place get used. Now, hear that first of all.
2: Mm-hmm. And
8: I think Ole Miss does that by not going for it on fourth down, which is Lane Kiffin's kryptonite as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and um, not turning right. over the ball. Yeah, and playing clean and stuff like that. If you play boring and in every possession against Auburn with a kick, I think you'll be all right. But the problem happens is in the first quarter, Ole Miss decides to go for a 4th and 5 on Auburn's 45-yard line. They don't get it. That crowd gets juiced, and all of a sudden you're in a 10-7 game going into the second quarter, and now you've got a dogfight on your I
1: have a- I, I
5: think that's the thing.
1: Yeah, well, I, I was going to ask you this because throughout this week and especially here today on Friday afternoon, as we are uh, just over 24 hours before kickoff, about 27 hours to be exact, the 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 vibes and the energy with Auburn fans going into this game, Auburn fans are not confident. I'm just going to be honest with you, Stephen. They're not confident going into this game. Are Ole Miss fans confident going into this game that they can go on the road to Jordan-Hare where weird things happen? Are they confident that Ole Miss is the better team and that they're going to win this football game, or maybe there's a little bit of worry there?
8: I think they're pretty confident that they're going to do that. And judging by my mentions, I honestly, I was counting on this week from Auburn Twitter to really boost up my numbers on my podcast, and it's this week has honestly been kind of disappointed. They're, they're down. Mm. They're down hard. Uh Um, and I think that this is a situation, like I said, if Ole Miss plays perfect or or plays well and Auburn plays well, Ole Miss is going to win the game, but Auburn needs to find a way to make Ole Miss not play well, and Auburn's defense can do that. I think Auburn's first 11 on defense is pretty good. I think after that there's a little bit of a drop-off, which means you can wear them down. So what you don't need to do is give them artificial wins. Reasons for the crowd to get confident. Reason for the team to get confident. Because what I saw in that LSU game, especially in the second half, was an Auburn team that just wasn't confident.
1: Yeah.
8: They 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 didn't think they could get the stop, so there was no chance that they could. You you can't give them that confidence because they're coming in with a shaky psyche of a first-year head coach. Hey, I, I remember when Hugh Freeze did this exact same thing at Ole Miss. I remember 2012 when Ole Miss went 6-6 six and six and went to the Birmingham Bowl, and Ole Miss sold that place out because they were so excited to go to the Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember what that, what that was like. Auburn, Auburn's going to be fine. It, whenever Hugh Freeze was Ole Miss, we won seven in the first year, we won eight in the next year, and in the third year, we won an access bowl. There's no reason, looking at the schedule, to, think, to not think that Auburn's on that exactly same trajectory. I think it's just going to
7: take a little bit of time. You know, when I think about Lane Kiffin, I think about just him throwing the ball all over the field, right? I mean, he was at USC. I mean, he was a coach of the Raiders. And, uh, and, but looking at it statistically, Ole Miss eighth in the league in passing, that's a little shocking to me. Of course, Auburn dead last in the league. But where, where it looks like Ole Miss has really been ke- uh, making some hay is uh, running the ball. Uh, and, and that's, that's kind of where Auburn is, too. Is there any chance that you know, Lane comes in and everything you said about the home field advantage, not wanting to give any Auburn any short fields or letting the crowd get amped up, that he gets a little bit more conservative than normal and uh, really, really pushes the, uh, uh, the ball on the field running it?
8: I, I think the misconception with Lane Kiffin is that he's not a run-first coach to begin with. He's, he's going to come into the stadium. His idea is to get the ball to Quinchon Judkins, who's from 55 miles up the road in Pike Road, Alabama. And hopefully he's extremely jazzed up and he makes some hay on that Auburn defense. But if not, you got weapons on the outside, and Jackson Dart is an unbelievable quarterback, probably second to only Jaden Daniels in the Southeastern Conference. And, you know, I, I think that the run game, I think Ole Miss... I think they ran for 450 yards on Auburn last year. I think it's pretty clear that Wayne Kiffin's going to try and run the ball. And also, if you're looking for somebody that just pops up out of nowhere, that you're like, where did this guy come from? It's Ulysses Bentley the fourth. The last two weeks against LSU in Arkansas, he's been absolutely electric in the second half.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's no doubt that Ole Miss can score at will, and Auburn's defense is going to have to do something. And here's the thing I've said all week, Stephen. Auburn's offense has to give some sort of support to that Auburn defense because Auburn can't get in a shootout with Ole Miss. We know that because Ole Miss is going to win that 10 times out of 10. It has to be a defensive battle uh, on the Auburn's front, and Ole Miss defense has got to be licking their chops this weekend. Stephen Willis, host of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, joining us here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Stephen. Again, we appreciate your time, man. This has been awesome uh, getting some insight from somebody who covers this Ole Miss team better than anybody on a daily basis. Let everybody know where they can find you, find your podcast, and what you got coming up.
8: Hey, everybody, give me a subscribe on YouTube at Locked On Ole Miss. And also, you can catch me wherever you get your podcast at Locked On Ole Miss. We do a daily podcast every day, and we also have interviews with like rebel grapes and other fans and other perspectives around the fan base that were released on that day as well we 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 think we do a good job but um that's really up for y'all to decide so give me a subscribe and i'd appreciate it thank
1: you yes sir man we appreciate it again on a friday afternoon uh enjoy the game tomorrow we're looking forward to it and uh uh, we're looking forward to a great game in the rest of the sec season man all right everybody be safe Yes, sir, man. Stephen Will is locked on Ole Miss. Go check him out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. We'll take a break. Come back. Start making some picks around the SEC and college football. Jacob Goins and Uncle T-Bone with you on a Friday afternoon here on ESPN
0: 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
1: Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line. First of all, we thank Stephen Willis, host of Locked On Ole Miss, for his time on this Friday afternoon. But let's get to the phone lines quickly before we start making some picks and talking some storylines around college football. 334-321-1390. 3, 3, 3, 1, Terry, you're on the line, man. Happy Friday.
9: Happy Friday, Jacob. How you doing? Hey, T Bone. Hey, what's up, Terry? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Guys, I wonder how y'all felt about the mental aspect of it. The reason I bring that up is because Ole Miss came here two years ago. I told you, Jacob with Matt Corral, and that was a team coached by the biggest buffoon, Brian Harsin, uh, ever. Yes, and they and they, they dominate don't Miss. Yeah. So, it, you know, I know Stephen Lewis just said Ole Miss believes they quit, but do they really? Because if mean, something good happens, to Auburn, Auburn desperately something good to happen. Something good happens to them. Look out! Because right, Lane Kiffins to, are scoring uh, for it. Yeah. As Lane Kiffins are scoring for it on, on the Auburn forty and missing. Auburn got four years to do
7: that, and they'll do that. Terry, if you listen to uh, Stephen Willis while you're on hold, that's why I brought up that game two years ago. I was at that game. I was down there, close to where Ole Miss came running out of the tunnel. You could clearly see it on the jumbotron. It looked like it looked like that Lane Kiffin had seen a black cat before he came out of the tunnel. He was shell shocked. And he, and he didn't get it together until later in that game. Auburn dominated that game the entire time. And, uh, you know, if it, if he comes in here again and he gets a little tight, like he's prone to do. Now, he's a heck of a coach, and he can wear some teams out. But sometimes he gets maniacal. He gets tight against Saban. He gets tight in this stadium Saturday night, and Auburn gets a
1: little momentum. You better watch out.
9: Yeah, this is a 21-17 game going into the fourth quarter. That's not Lane Kiffin's comfort zone right there.
1: No, they, he wants to be in a track meet. He he wants yeah, to play in that game like LSU. He wants to play in fifty-five forty-nine football games.
9: Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So I think people misunderstand that a little bit. That's I said. Auburn desperately needs something good to happen. to Them offensively speaking, they desperately need something good. Like I've never witnessed in my life.
1: hmm Yeah. So I've, we'll see.
9: Uh, if something good can happen to them, look out.
1: Yep, I'm I'm with you, Terry
9: serve guys have a good weekend
1: you too terry appreciate the call 334-321-1390 we're going to talk auburn ole miss coming up in just a few minutes at the back half of the hour as we always do i want to make some picks quickly talk some storylines i know we only have a few minutes left in this segment before we make picks we were talking about it before we came back on the biggest news in college football the biggest game tomorrow is in the big 10 it's ohio state penn state at 11 a.m that's the biggest game by far tomorrow Huge, huge Big Ten implications, playoff implications. But the other team in the Big Ten has some issues going on right now, Uncle T-Bone. And Michigan and the NCAA are at it again. And you were telling me in the break you think the NCAA's got them this time. No,
7: I definitely think they got them. They have suspended uh, the Stallions guy. Who? Look, I saw a tweet earlier today that showed him on the sidelines of a game this year where he had a play-calling sheet okay And there is no excuse for uh, a, a, an analyst to be on the sidelines with, uh, with a play calling sheet, especially for unless it's their own team but have you ever seen that? Do you see anybody else other than maybe the head coach or the offense coordinator? And so they're speculating that it was the they had made their own play calling sheet for the team that they were going up against. Yeah. So they're nailed. But look, this has been going on, I think, for years, not just there, but with other programs. The big hullabaloo is that you know everybody's trying to steal signals during the game. Oh, yeah. They were sending people out. They were scouting teams. They were videotaping, most likely, the other team's sidelines. They were prepping and making call sheets and, and doing it in real time. But what about that time, speaking about Ole Miss? I don't know if you remember this. Hugh Freeze had beat Alabama two years in a row. They go and hire Tyler Siski, yep. an assistant director/player of personnel at Alabama. Put him up in the in the coaches box. Okay, you can see the video on YouTube <laughs> where he's got binoculars. <laughs> And he's talking to someone <laughs> who's wearing a headset right next to him, writing yep. stuff down. And then, and then when it all came out, the the Tuscaloosa News and other uh, uh, Bama uh, media was just like, "Oh, oh, Nick, what's the deal?" He's like, "Oh, he doesn't talk to anybody. He's sitting there talking to him
1: in a headset with
7: with binoculars during yeah. the game." So don't yeah. tell me that this hasn't been going on for a long time. But the word got out on Jim Harbaugh. I've been saying it for a long time. There's something wrong with that dude. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. it something there just doesn't pass the Uncle T-Bone smell test. <laughs> and once again, he's in hot water. And there's going to be only so many times you can just walk away with just a little burn on your hand.
1: Well, here's the thing. what it, It's just like in, in real life when it comes to the FBI or the police or whatever. Once you aggravate them and once oh, yeah. you once you, you you do you know what and you really get on their bad side, they keep a close eye on you. They watch you like a hawk. And that's the same way with the NCAA, Uncle T-Bone. Yep. Once you once you burn them once, they're out to get you, and they're not going to let you do it again. Whether you like them or not, they are trying to do their job here. And so Michigan's already screwed up once with the cheeseburger incident. Now you've got Stealing signs, and you've got all this going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I one, mean, Harbaugh has been on their radar for a while.
7: Yeah, this one is. Uh, this one just isn't necessarily NCAA. This one's coming from. Uh, from Indianapolis right yes. there where the headquarters of the Big Ten. It, the, the word got out amongst Big Ten coaches, and I think that they've secretly been looking at Michigan for this for quite some time conference-wise. So it's coming more from the ground up instead of from the umbrella down. So, you know, that that's going to be a story to watch. You'll probably see pretty quickly that he, he – oh, the Cleveland Browns may hire him next year. The rumors will start coming out. But, you know, enough of that. We don't really have time for it. Penn State at Ohio State, maybe the biggest game of the year so far in college football.
1: I think so. I mean, it's a top-ten matchup. Can Penn State finally, 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 finally beat somebody that is named Ohio State or Michigan? When a big game comes around, when it matters most, can James Franklin and Penn State get up, perform for four quarters, and win the Dagum football game? Can they do it? We're going to find out. 11 a.m. in Columbus. I think they're the better team here, T-Bone. Yeah. I really do. I think Penn State's got a really good quarterback. I think Kyle McCord for Ohio State yeah. sucks, and I think Penn State's just a <laughs> wow. better team than Ohio State. I really, really do. Do I think Penn State wins? No, I don't. I no, think Ohio I, yeah. State gets them again.
7: No, I got them winning over at RadioFreeAuburn.com on the weekly blog. With the upset, no way the, the Nittany Lions let us down again, 27-24.
1: I hope Penn State wins because everybody knows how I feel about the Buckeyes, but my goodness, they until they do it, I ain't believing in them. But when we come back, we'll make quick picks around the SEC. There's not a whole lot of games this weekend. We'll talk about those and get into Auburn and Ole Miss on the back half on the Friday edition of On the Line. We got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On The Line here on ESPN 106.7. It's On The Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. That's him over there. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. It's brought to you each and every Friday in hour number two by our friends at Sense Green Heating and Air. Go and call them for anything you need when it comes to your uh, HC unit and heating unit as well. Get them clean. Get them checked. All that good stuff. Call Sense Green Heating and Air. We're also inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. They are our studio sponsor each and every single day between 2 to 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. Uncle T-Bone, let's run through these picks really, really quickly. Be sure you're joining us over on ESPNAU.com. That's our station website. You can listen to our shows there. You can listen to our podcasts there. And you can also be a part of our contest there, which is right now our season-long contest is the SEC Football Challenge brought to you by John Johnny Brusco's New York Style Pizza, The Orthopedic Clinic, Taziki's, and Vintage 2298 Butcher Shop. You make your picks each and every week. We have weekly prizes presented by those four sponsors. And then at the end of the year, whoever has the best overall score, you're going to win all of the weekly prizes and a 55-inch flat screen smart TV. So be sure you get in on that, even if you're not haven't been in it before you can still enter for each weekly prize so be sure you're doing that as well lots of great scores lots of names up there at the top of the leaderboard right now uncle t-bone and in a week this week where maybe not the most exciting week of, of games in the sec a couple of good ones though no doubt about it we'll go ahead and knock out lsu and army tigers by a lot uh maybe by a million if you want did you see what they did to their end zones
7: yeah i saw the camouflage the uh the urban camouflage it looked really good it was neat you know uh, once again, LSU gets a night game. I mean, they don't only really get the more night games in the SEC, but, but probably all in all of uh, NCAA. I'm it's telling ridiculous. you, yeah, uh, it is. Look, the Bayou Bengals aren't looking to do anything special here. Okay, they're looking to uh, honor. Our service people, right, which is really cool, and they've already done that. They're looking to just get a win. They're looking to get Jaden Daniels, especially not Hurt or anybody else, and get to the bye week. I think they win big, but I don't think they cover that 30-and-a-half. And and they're just going to kind of roll into the bye week and get ready for going to the trip to Alabama on November 4th.
1: Any worry about – Well, I guess, I mean, these aren't even worries. I mean, they could go either way, I guess. Arkansas, Mississippi State, what a weird game. Lee Sterling talked about this one to start the show with Paramount Sports.
7: I didn't get to hear who did he like.
1: Uh, He has uh, Arkansas, I think. He has Arkansas in this game, and I think I do too. I have Arkansas winners. I this. mean, the line looks so
7: funny to me that I just have to take Mississippi State here. I don't like it. Arkansas ought to beat the brakes out of, of them, but you know, that was a good looking Arkansas team in the second half against Alabama. They just mm-hmm. ran out of time. But still, something doesn't something doesn't look right there to me. Five and a half points, uh, I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, I just I mean I'm gonna take KJ Jefferson, I guess. I mean, I'm just gonna take him and well, the he'll Hogs. be the
7: best player on the field for certain yeah. in that game. Yeah, he
1: will for sure. How about Missouri, South Carolina? Can South Carolina get up and score enough points in this game. No. I mean, the offensive line is atrocious there for him and Spencer Rattler, which you hate to see because he is such a good quarterback. I think Brady Cook has a field day on this defense. Give me Missouri big.
7: Yeah, uh, Missouri's hotter than Josie Wales pistols. Hey-o. right I mean the uh, Missourian uh, Bushwhacker. Right? <laughs> uh, I think Spencer Rattler will put up some numbers. I think he'll score some points, and I think Missouri will kill South Carolina. That is a that is a sn- not even sneaky good. Team. Not anymore. Now, they're, they're good they're hot they may other than LSU they may be one of the hottest teams in the league Missouri's going to win this one and win it big at home
1: I agree I like Missouri they're not sneaky good anymore they're just flat out good and people yep. know it so excited for them I hope they keep winning and, and and play Georgia for what could be the SEC East down the road in just a couple of weeks we'll keep Auburn Ole Miss our picks for the end of the show of course the game that you have to pick the correct score a tiebreaker this week on our SEC football challenge over at ESPNAU.com third Saturday. Saturday in October, a game that may not be uh, played every single year moving forward, which is kind of crazy to That's think sad. about. Alabama and Tennessee. It's in Tuscaloosa, 2.30 on CBS. Tennessee has chances, and they have a chance to win this game on Saturday, Uncle T-Bone. I just don't think they can do it. Uh, for some reason, Alabama, they found ways to win. It hasn't been pretty. They almost let Arkansas come back and beat them last week. I think Milrow does just enough again to to get Alabama a win. I have the Crimson tie, 27-24 to in a really good game and a win at home over Tennessee. Yeah, that's going to be must-watch
7: television. You know, last year, these two teams put over 1,100 yards combined together, scored 101 points.
1: Crazy. That
7: will not be happening. It's going to be a defensive struggle this year. You know, good things happen when people listen to Uncle T-Bone. Is that right? so? Yeah, that's a fact of life, right? <laughs> that's a scientific law. They put that in fortune if, cookies, don't they? They do. It, listen to Uncle T. If the SEC would listen to me and go to a four-game, uh, four-team pod and, and, and have four pods of four and put Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt together, they'd continue to play them every year. But that's a different story for a different day. Look, I got the Tide win in 20-18. I think they'll do Tennessee like they did Arkansas. They'll jump on them early and have to hold on for dear life late.
1: Yeah, should be a good game. I'm excited to watch that. Leading up to – Auburn and Ole Miss, and that's where I want us to switch our focus to as we get into this back half of our number two on the Friday edition of On the Line, Auburn and Ole Miss. I was talking with Stephen Willis earlier as we had him on of Locked On Ole Miss, talking with people all week long. The vibes with Auburn fans, the confidence is not there. It's not there. Everybody seems – I have not heard one Auburn fan tell me they think they're going to win this football game tomorrow. It seems like everybody has just had it predetermined that Ole Miss is going to walk in here, wipe the floor with Auburn, beat them by 50, and walk out, and Auburn fans are just going to move on. Do you feel that way? I'm curious. I I mean, do you feel that way too, Uncle Tebow?
7: Yeah, I don't feel good about this game whatsoever, and I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but, you know, after what happened Saturday, I call it the beatdown in Baton Rouge. I mean, that just wasn't fun you know it's one thing for your team to be coached like Cadillac Williams at the end of last season when you knew you were going to lose games and you, and you just you didn't have much expectation and he comes out with the intensity and fire you know and love for being on the sidelines. What I saw last Saturday, which really has put me in a bad place this week, and it's put a lot of Auburn fans in a bad place, was the lack of intensity on the sidelines. They looked beat before the game even started. Hugh Freeze, I'm a big Freeze fan, and I'm like Stephen Willis. It's going to be years. Auburn's going to be all right. We're going to have plenty of talent. Get behind them. But in the short term, you got to come out with a little bit more fire from The first play of the game, Brian Kelly was coaching hard. He was coaching those referees hard. And uh, Auburn just didn't seem like it wanted to be there in Baton Rouge. Hopefully that changes uh, Saturday or tomorrow in Jordan-Hare. I'll tell you another thing that's kind of got me concerned and got a lot of Auburn fans worried is uh, Wesley McGriff now. Temporarily stepping down an Auburn assistant coach midseason. I mean, you know, it's not the same situation. I'm sure with what happened with uh, uh, with uh, was it Corn Coach Corn in 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 the first year with, with Brian Harson. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna tell you what, it brings back
1: some bad memories. Yeah, and and it's it's one of those things where it can be a bad sign, right? It could be, sure. and it very well could be, or it could be nothing, right? You just got to kind of wait and see. And, and if anybody listens to this show, you know, I, I talk on facts and I talk on things that we 100% know. And right. until we get more information on that and other things happen, we're just going to have to let it play out and see. But here's the thing. For some reason, I don't have that bad of a feeling because I think Auburn, if you play well on both sides of the football – you can win this game. And what has Ole Miss shown you where they have to play a defensive game where their offense gets shut down that they've won? The only time I've seen it is against Alabama where their offense got shut down and the defense played fine, but Alabama beat them by double digits. And against LSU, it was just an offensive shootout, and they happened to come out on the right side of it. And so... If Auburn's defense can play well, which I think they can, if they're healthy, can stay healthy, knock on wood, and, and pray to God. If Auburn can stay healthy and play good on defense and stay engaged in the football game, given that the offense gives them support, I've said it so many times, it's a broken record, I know, but the offense has to score. Because I've said this, the defense is going to give up. They're going to give in. It's human nature. You're not going to continue to give 100% effort and fight and fight and fight if at the end of the day it was all for nothing because the offense didn't score more than 20 points and you finally just gave up and gave in and folded. right? Eventually, the human brain does that. And so it's on the offense. And that's been what we've talked about all season long. And what that comes with, Uncle T-Bone, in my opinion, is a change at quarterback. It's time. It's absolutely time for me. Peyton Thorne has had his chance. He's had his time. I don't think it's all on him. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think it's all on him by any means. The offensive line has not helped him. The receivers are letting him down right now. They are letting him down by not getting open, not running right routes, not running the timing on those routes correctly, dropping balls when they hit him in the hands. Those are things that make a starting quarterback look bad. But guess what? The passing offense is not there right now. And Peyton Thorne is a what? He's a passing quarterback. And so whether you think he's better than Robbie Ashford or you think Robbie Ashford's better than Peyton Thorne, I don't care. Robbie Ashford gives you a better chance to win football games based off of how this offense is built and based off the skill set and the talent that they have and they're putting on the field on Saturdays right now. That's why I've come full circle. And I think it's got to be Robbie Ashford. Again, do I think he's a better quarterback than Peyton Thorne? No, I don't. He's definitely not a better thrower. I don't think he has the football IQ that Peyton Thorne does. But his running ability and the threat that he's already proven to be, that gives Auburn life on offense, which will help support the defense, and that's how you beat a team like Ole Miss.
7: Well, here's a couple of reasons why I would I agree with you, and I'd go with Ashford right now also. First of all, the modern offenses in college football, they're not super complex. I mean, this isn't Bill Walsh and the uh, the 1988 San Francisco 49ers, right? You just need a playmaker back there. Auburn's offensive line has struggled. All of those points are valid. Look at what they did over at Alabama. I mean, would you have Ty Simpson sit back behind that offensive line that they have? Absolutely not. you want not. somebody who can scamper around and get away from trouble? And make something happen. And make something happen. In the short term, it's all about Robbie Ashford. I did some notes over uh, before the show, uh, in his four starts under Carnell Williams last year, he threw about 42%. Um, a, a little bit tougher schedule for Peyton Thorne against the four teams. He's gone against Power Five uh, this year. I'm not going to count the other two two games because both both quarterbacks played in that game. You know, he's rolling at about 54%. The huge difference, though, is the total yards. In the four games this year, Power Five – Auburn has averaged 258 yards per game with uh, Peyton Thorne as your starter. I mean, he got knocked out or taken out of the Texas A&M last year. The Carnell Williams offense with Robbie Ashford, you were looking um, at about, excuse me, 358 yards per game. So there you go. In the time of possession, Auburn was uh, won three out of those four battles last year. They've only won one out of four, and that was against California this year. That's killing Auburn, right? We cannot sustain drives, not necessarily with Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, but when you're interchanging them – It's breaking up a disruption in sustained drives against good teams, and mainly because like at Georgia when Robbie Ashford was going down the field, when you take him out and put Peyton Thorne in, you're allowing the other team to substitute,
1: catch their breath, and their personnel to go Tyler Siski and look with their binoculars on who you got on the field. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't make sense the whole rotating of quarterbacks, even especially. Let's just
7: go with one, either one. That's where I am. Right, right now. I, I'm just with roll you. With
1: it. I'm with you too, and especially because Hugh Free said we weren't going to do that anymore. He said that that was not, he didn't like it, and we weren't going to do that. And so, I don't know, man. Here's what I will say before we get to break. It was the right move for Peyton Thorne to be QB1 to start this season. I that was the that. right move. I, and I'm not going to go back on that, and this is not me walking that back. He was the right choice to be starting quarterback. And at, up to this point, he should still be the starting quarterback until you went into that LSU game. I think you could have made a change, but I didn't hate to give him one more shot, playing the possibly the worst defense in the league,
7: We both agreed with that last week. Yeah, Uh, This was kind of do-or-die time for him that that LSU game wouldn't make or break Auburn's season or program, but it might make or break the quarterback. Look, strictly because just the eyeball test, Peyton Thorne looks like he's a little timid out there. Robbie Ashford is out there. He may not be the best thrower in the world, but he's confidently trying to make plays. Yes. You got to go with someone who's not
1: afraid to make some plays. We'll take our final break, get to the phone lines really quickly when we come back. Spectre, you'll be first up. You'll have a minute or two. We'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067 when we come back.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll
1: free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines really quickly here in the last couple of minutes on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Specter you're on the line. Happy Friday, man. you got about a minute. What's up?
4: Well, I'll condense it as best I can. Okay. All right, Coach, All right, Coach uh, T-Bone. Yes, sir. Tell me who your starting quarterback is and starting running back, and I'll answer that.
7: Okay, All right. do you want my hypothetical? If I was coach, who I would have at starting quarterback and running him in tailback tomorrow when we kick off?
4: Coach T. Yeah,
7: Coach T-Bone, right. yeah. Coach T-Boneski would have, uh, let's see, we would have uh, Robbie Ashford at quarterback and Jeremiah Cobb at tailback to Absolutely. start the game. Yeah, I Absolutely. mean, look, I think they've both earned a shot at it. It doesn't mean that they would play the whole game, but uh, they played with about as much intensity as anybody did on the offensive side of the ball down in LSU. And right now, I think guts matter.
4: Only thing I would add to that, I would add two tight ends.
7: Oh, there's no question about that, but it wouldn't just be for blocking. I saw some two two tight end sets last week, and it's almost like we were in protect, protection. You got to start working those tight ends in multiple sets. Passing the ball in the middle of the field. Short. Brandon Frazier's
1: gotta be on the football field. He's gotta field.
7: be on the football field. There's no question about it. You put him and Fairweather together in the middle of the field, you can really do some damage. That's what the New England Patriots have been doing for the last five, six years. Maybe ten. Absolutely, coach. Absolutely, coach. Love it. Talk to you guys later.
1: Yes sir, Spectre. Appreciate the call. Three three four. 1390. one, thirteen, ninety. I'm glad he brought that up because yeah. I wanted to bring up Frazier. He's yeah. playing really well. I mean, he's he was graded the best tight end in the SEC last week.
7: He's a beast, six, seven. I mean, that's the one thing that Brian Harson and staff did very well I, was recruit I said tight that. ends. Yeah, and they actually and used it, them too. If we could, if we had Landon King right now, also, I mean, you're talking about multiple tight ends, six, five, and above. But we're just not working the middle of the field, throwing the ball, and it's really bothering me. That's another thing and another concern for me the route tree that I've seen so far it needs to change up in the second half of the
1: season Auburn and Ole Miss tomorrow under the lights six o'clock in Jordan Hare Stadium got a couple of minutes uh, before we get out of here want to highlight this really quick before we make our final picks huge 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 night in high school football for our two high school programs that we cover here at Auburn Network. Auburn High School taking on Central Phoenix City. The Red Devils coming to town, playing over at the Duck. You can find that broadcast. 6-30, kickoff at 7, over on Wings. 94-3, our sister station. Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hutton. You can find those guys. If Auburn High wins, they're in, in the driver's seat for the one seed. If no they lose, they're probably going to be on the road in the playoffs. Central is undefeated this season and really really talented so looking forward to that game tonight over on Wings 94-3 and then uh, my team Lee Scott the game that I will be calling tonight over on AU100 and 100.3 FM and AU100FM.com Lee Scott on the road at Fort Dale down in Greenville 2-7-1 teams uh, fighting for the 2-seed tonight in the playoffs. Winner will be the 2-seed get the first round bye and host the semifinals. The loser. will have to play in the first round and travel in the semifinals. So tons at stake tonight. That is on AU100, 100.3 FM and AU100FM.com. Pre-game 630 and kickoff at 7 with my color commentator Christian Griffin and myself. So I wanted to plug those really quick. Two great high school games that we have going on tonight. But Auburn and Ole Miss tomorrow at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's going to be packed. There's going to be a ton of people in town. It's already getting crazy around this town right now. Who do you got, man? What's your final thoughts and your pick for Auburn Ole Miss tomorrow, T-Bone?
7: Unfortunately, I just don't think that Auburn has the offensive firepower right now to go up against anybody who can competently play offense. Lane Kiffin is a uh, borderline offensive mastermind, not just in college football, but all of football. You know, he's really always kind of ahead of the times in what he does. Uh, Auburn's going to have to have a tremendous amount of support from the crowd, which they will in this game. Lane Kiffin's going to have to come out and get conservative, which sounds like – He is getting a little bit more conservative uh, in this game. Uh, You know, the rules have changed. You run the ball a lot, that clock's going to run. That Mm -hmm. plays into Auburn's favor. Auburn needs to create some turnovers. I don't know where Ole Miss stands right now, giving the ball over to other teams. But, you know, I said this last week, and and I said that LSU would easily cover in that game, and I made my prediction here. And then I got excited with Jack on game day (laughs) on Wings, and I said, well, this game might be a little bit closer. I'm going to stick to my guns this time. It's not going to be the Of the world Auburn fans so don't go jumping off a bridge but I got Ole Miss winning 35 to 20.
1: Speaking of game day you and Jack will go live tomorrow two o'clock on Wings 94.3 that is 94.3 FM and WingsFM.com two o'clock you guys will be live tomorrow for an hour-long show it feeds right into the Tiger Tailgate show with the Auburn Sports Network and then uh, your home for Auburn football here in Auburn Opelika is Wings 94.3 with kickoff set for 6 p.m with Andy Burcham on the Auburn Sports Network. Plug everything with Cincy Green of course we'll more time they're the reason we're here on this friday afternoon the reason you're here in the second hour yep. on friday afternoons plug that and i'll get my final thoughts and predictions
7: yeah check them out at www.sensorgreen.com for all your heating and air and insulation needs At Sensa green for air that's cool and clean and check me out at radiofreeauburn.com we got a rocktober blog out this week and it's a heck of a good article
1: tomorrow is a chance for auburn to win a game that you're not supposed to Auburn wins. I got Auburn winning. Defense will hold on. Robbie makes a couple of plays. The lights are on. Weird things happen in Jordan-Hare Stadium at night. Give me the Tigers to beat Ole Miss tomorrow at home. You win a game you're not supposed to, and you kick off a back end of the home schedule with some games you can win. Auburn will win tomorrow. Check out our high school games tonight. Check out game day on Wings 94-3 tomorrow. Until Monday, have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football. We'll talk about it on Monday until the two to four here on ESPN 1067. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.